0: one good morning and welcome to never in my wildest dreams podcast today is wednesday march the 31st 2021 the last day of the third month of the new year and the last day of the quarter we're one fourth of the way through 2021 already which is really hard to believe today's the end of the marking period here at washington county public schools And on this rainy Wednesday, we're going to talk a little bit about sports. Tomorrow, the MLB starts up. We got NBA scores. We got women's NCAA tournament and men's NCAA tournament scores, as well as Wednesday wisdom. So I'm really looking forward to today's show. Let's first start off in the world of sports. Let's first start in the NFL. I haven't talked to the NFL in a while, but looking at everything, Roger Goodell expects full stadiums for the 2021 football season. They had their first two-day virtual meetings with owners, and he wants to see all the fans back in the NFL. Football is not simply a same without fans, and we expect to have full stadiums this up-and-coming season. Was his exact quote. I find that a little uh, odd, considering we can't even, you know, have restaurants and gyms and everything open with everybody but we're gonna have a full Raven stadium here in the state of Maryland. It's gonna be interesting to see how that all plays out. In the world of Major League Baseball, tomorrow is opening day and in my personal opinion tomorrow should be a national holiday. It is our national pastime. I don't see why we should be checking scores on ESPN.com all day. I know there's 162 games in baseball but I do believe that tomorrow should be a day that's off so we can experience all the fun games. I'll Pick out a couple games here to go over for tomorrow that I look forward to. The first pitch of Major League Baseball tomorrow will be the Blue Jays against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. That is a 105 first pitch. The Baltimore Orioles local team travels to the Boston Red Sox. That's a 210 start in Fenway. The Pittsburgh Pirates travel to Chicago to take on the Cubs. The New York Mets are in Washington, D.C. to take on the Nationals. That's a 7.09 start. In the late game tomorrow at 10.07 p.m., the Houston Astros are in Oakland to take on the Athletics. I will be following all of the baseball tomorrow, looking forward to having a couple baseball coaches on tomorrow to talk about opening day, what they're looking forward to this season. Now onto the world of NBA basketball. Let's first start with last night's games. The Charlotte Hornets beat the home Washington Wizards 114 to 104. The 76ers go to Denver to take on the Nuggets and lose 104-95. The Orlando Magic beat the Clippers 103-96. And the Phoenix Suns beat the Hawks 117-110 on to tonight's action. The Portland Trail Blazers travel to Detroit to take on the Pistons. The Miami Heat are in Indy to take on the Pacers. The Dallas Mavericks are in Boston to take on the Boston Celtics. The Rockets travel to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn to take on the Nets. The Utah Jazz are playing the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis, Tennessee. The New York Knicks travel to Minneapolis to take on the Timberwolves. The Toronto Raptors are in OKC to take on the Thunder. The Sacramento Kings travel to San Antonio to take on the Spurs. And the Milwaukee Bucks are in the Staples Center to take on the Lakers. That is all for NBA action tonight. On to women's Final Four basketball. Let's first start with some history that was made yesterday when Paige Beckers was the first freshman ever to be named the AP women's basketball player of the year she said this is simply amazing surreal for people to think that highly of me in a position as a freshman to get this word I'm extremely humble yet grateful she is averaging 20 points 6 assists and 5 rebounds this season she became the first UConn player to ever score more than 30 points in three consecutive games as well set a school record for points in NCAA debut with 24 against High Point. No one player has taken a team this young to be where we are today, said Coach Gino Ariema. Who's done more than her? If you can give me a better argument, please bring it. But if I don't think you can, and this is why she's the National Player of the Year. Now with that being said, we can talk about the Final Four. Final Four teams are set at 6 p.m. on April the 2nd, on ESPN. Number one, South Carolina takes on number one, Stanford at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. And 9.30pm on ESPN, the number three Arizona Wildcats take on number one, UConn and Paige Beckers. Looking forward to talking more about those games as we get closer to that action. Now on to last night's games in the men's Elite Eight and what's going to be happening in the Final Four. The first game last night was the Gonzaga Bulldogs taking on the Southern Cal Trojans. Gonzaga wins. They're now 30 and 0. They beat Southern Cal 85 to 66. They scored 49 points in the first half. They just completely went off. Jalen Suggs has 18 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. They are a very fun team to watch. They're probably the most efficient machine of basketball I've seen in a very long time. In game two last night, we had number one Michigan hosting number 11 UCLA. And in an upset, UCLA beats Michigan. 51 to 49. Johnny Juzang has 28 points for UCLA as they punch their ticket to the final four. So that sets up the games on Saturday night on CBS. At 5.14 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, number one Baylor hosts number two Houston. The state of Texas is gonna be ready and rocking for that one, that's gonna be a good one. As I said, both Alvin Brooks, Junior and Alvin Brooks, the third, will be coaching against one another in that game, I think that's pretty cool. I hope to get you know maybe some contact with them after the final four and have them on the show. Looking forward to chatting with those guys. But that's game one at 8:34 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CBS. The number one Gonzaga Bulldogs take on number eleven UCLA. I do believe it's going to be Baylor against Gonzaga. We've been calling that for a very long time now. The number one and two teams overall respected in the country will be playing against one another in the national title game and i look forward to having guys on the show so we can discuss that but like i said that'll be on saturday night where undefeated gonzaga tries to complete the miracle run and go 32-0 and this year the first team since 1976 to do that that is all in sports wrap when we come back we will have wednesday wisdom right after this never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three two one Welcome back to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. Looking forward to this next segment. It's going to be Wednesday wisdom, but we're going to break it down into time management skills. I've broken it down into seven different categories that I think are pretty important. And you know, this is one thing that I've gotten better at. I still can get better at, but uh, it's one thing I have improved to help me be better at my job as well as at coaching. So I'll break it down into seven. We'll name each one and we'll talk a little bit about it. First one's organization. Staying organized can help you maintain a clearer picture of what you need to complete and have a day-to-day calendar, being able to locate certain documents easily and having a tidy environment to work in. Prioritization. Assembling each one of your responsibilities for priority is a key to be a good time manager. There are many ways to prioritize what you need to accomplish. You might need to decide which to complete fast, which simple items need to be taken longer or more involved ones. Alternatively, you might prioritize your tasks starting with the most time-sensitive or a combination of both. Goal-setting Setting Setting goals is the first step to becoming a great time manager. Goal-setting allows you to clearly understand your end goal and what exactly you need to do to accomplish that. Setting both short and long-term goals can lead to a very successful career. Communication Developing strong communication skills can allow you to make your plans and goals very clear to those who work with you and work around you. It also allows you to delegate, which helps you focus on completing the most important and relevant tasks obtained to your goals and how you see them fit to your goals. Planning. A very fundamental part of being a time manager is planning itself. You need to be efficient on planning out your day, your meetings, how you're going to accomplish everything, and how to stick to your schedule. Most times I'm pretty good at planning out my day and my meetings, but I get off schedule as part of my ADD thing. I just kind of float a little bit and start taking care of something else and come back, man, I gotta get this done. So planning has been a big part of my day and checklists. Delegation. This is something that's big in all management areas, not just time. But being a good time manager means that you're able to complete work on time as well as with your company's goals. While this skill most often is done by all managers, you can also delegate within your managing project. While it's often difficult to say no when someone asks you to do something, the most important practice is having boundaries to manage your time as well as ultimately accomplish your personal goals. And last is stress management. When practicing good time management skills, you should be able to help your mental health and handling of the stress of these days as well as stay positive to perform all tasks on your schedule. You might do this by having small breaks added in. Reward yourself when you complete certain tasks. Taking time to develop each one of these skills will help you organize your daily work, your monthly work, and your annual work, whether in your job, life, or trying to get a you know, new job, or you're even at home being more organized. But these are the seven ones that I really like to talk about with my guys as well as pass along to you. So it's organization, prioritization, goal setting, communication, planning, delegation, and stress management. The last thing I want to talk to you guys about today real quick in this Wednesday Wisdom session is two things, managing your calendar as well as short-term and long-term goals. Setting aside time on your calendar is probably one of the most important things you can do. You can block off certain brackets of time on your calendar on a regular basis to make sure that you're guaranteeing yourself time to get stuff done throughout that day. You can also, and I do this as I break down my meetings and what I need to work on those times, I also build in breaks and I put it in my calendar. So it's something that reminds me, hey, go get a soda, hey, go grab a candy bar, hey, take a walk real quick, go do this at the copier. So it keeps the blood flowing, it keeps the mind rolling as much as you have. But this is a certain way of empowering yourself to make sure that you meet all criteria for your bosses as well as the goals that you set for yourself. Speaking of goals, short-term and long-term goals, practicing regular goal setting can help you clearly understand what you need to accomplish and achieve certain results. To hit long-term goal, identify the smaller milestones of goals that are along the way. For example, if you have a goal to be promoted or get a new job within the next six months, you might need to set smaller goals to improve certain skills so that those skills can be measurable and achievable and relevant to what you're trying to do to show your managers that you're ready for the next step. This is my Wednesday wisdom. I hope you guys can take some information from this and apply it to your daily day. I like passing this stuff along. As I said, I read a lot, and I've been able to gather a lot of this information to pass along to you guys. When we come back right after this, we will discuss the Final Four, what it's like to be at a Final Four, what it would be like to be at a Final Four in Indy, and what we're missing by not having the NABC convention at this time. So we will be back right after this. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... three, two, one. Welcome back to Never in My Wildest Dream podcast. Let's talk the Final Four. So all tickets have now been punched. This is one of my favorite times of year. I actually miss it. I mean the last two we haven't been able to travel to, obviously, for the NABC convention, but I was fortunate enough to go to a couple Final Fours here in my lifetime and uh go to those and travel to those. So the last time I was in India, I'll just kind of tell this story a little bit and we can kind of talk about the other ones that I've been to, but I went out with Jamie and Christian, who's now the head basketball coach at George Washington University. We drove out together, and that was awesome. I got to spend a lot of time with the Division One head coach. He was with that Mount St. Mary's at the time, but we drove out. Um, I was able to go into Hinkle Fieldhouse when we got out there on Wednesday. I was able to walk out on the court. I did get kicked out, um, even though I wasn't supposed to be on the floor. Jay Billis and Jay Williams were getting ready to do an ESPN shoot at the time in that location, so I... Uh, had to kind of make sure I got out of the way as quickly as possible, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, we were uh, in the gym, walking around, and it's just like Hoosiers. I found the, you know, the different areas. I was able to go in the school store and buy stuff. And after that, I went and in checked into my hotel room, went down to the convention center, checked in down there, was able to get all my passes and my little floor that I got, uh, which has the replica of what the court would look like for the Final Four here on Saturday and Sunday's games. And, you know, you get to do all that stuff. You get to run into everybody. It's an amazing time where there's a ton of coaches who have the same passion and love for the game that are all in one city and location. And we get to watch basketball. We get to talk basketball. We get to try to promote ourselves to see if we can get a chance at jobs. We get to kind of sell who we are as a person. You get to go grab a couple beers with some guys and really enjoy the environment and the time with that. I miss all that. You know, that's the fun part. And, but the part that I miss the most is seeing the fans. These diehard fans, the police escorts, they're stopping everything to make sure that the University of Kentucky's bus or the Carolina bus goes through. You get into the very large arena where 80 plus thousand are going to sit and watch a basketball game. And you get to go watch practice and you get to see all that stuff. And I think it's a really cool time and a really great environment and you know, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to go to a couple of these things, and it's just a great time. I mean, you know, if I look back to the last Final Four I was at, I was in Phoenix. I was 2017. At that time, I still was at Chandler University, hadn't taken the South Hagerstown job yet, even though the job just posted, and I had applied for it while I was in Phoenix. I threw out on the 29th. On the 30th, I had some pictures that actually just popped up on my Google Photos yesterday with regards to what the desert looked like where I lived. Um, was able to go to practice that day, see North Carolina practice, which was kind of cool. We get to watch those guys do their thing at the what they call a show practice um, for the media and for all kinds of fans that they played there in the same stadium that the Arizona Cardinals play in. After that, I was also fortunate enough with a, one of my buddies who works for CBS Sports and works for the National Basketball Hall of Fame. I was actually able to have breakfast with Tracy McGrady as well as Bill Self, got to meet those guys, talk a little bit, was fortunate enough to meet Raftery, as well as take a picture with Jim Nance and talk to him a little bit, that was pretty cool. Charles Barkley's funny, he was there and so was Grant Hill. We were able to go back to the hotel where those guys were staying at and catch up with them for a little bit. But to me, it's all about the experience. Uh, basketball's taken me all over the world with regards to playing as well as coaching and, and just the game itself. And I've been very fortunate. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I do miss the opportunity to go to events like this. You know, next year's in New Orleans. Been there one time before. New Orleans is a great city. It's kind of different. Um, the Mississippi River is a very large body of water that a lot of riverboats float on, and it's just a different city. And I was really looking forward to Indy. I was hoping that COVID would have passed quicker, and we could have been at the Final Four in Indy. But that's not the case. But I'm going to keep telling some more of my stories, working on getting a couple guys, local high school basketball coaches as well as former college coaches on the phone the next couple days so we can talk about their final four experiences as well as their season and you know what they're looking forward to next with regards to off-season workouts and getting ready for all that. This is today's show. I want to thank you for listening to Never in My Wildest Dream podcast and we will talk to you soon.